Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Swears and Does Hair Podcast. I'm Sue, your host, and today's topic of the episode is protecting your mental health. Because I think this is something that people try to talk about, but don't ever really um, acknowledge or go in as in-depth as what it really takes to be your own small business owner. Uh, There's memes that get passed around and copy and paste, you know, copied from somebody else's thread and blah, blah, blah. You know, you, you see those kinds of things pass around and talked about. But unless you're actually running your own business, people really don't understand what it's really like. And I think that it's something that we do need to talk about more as an industry, particularly within the beauty industry. Uh, being a service to people, there is a lot more that we do beyond just doing people's hair or just doing people's makeup. Often they're coming to us on um, stressful days, even though a wedding day is supposed to be a wonderful, happy time. There's usually a lot of different dynamics playing in the background that are stressful, that are stressful for our brides and are stressful for our bridal parties and their family and their friends. And that is something that we kind of absorb uh, walking into the energy of the room. Uh, Also, there's a lot of drama and things that go on with weddings that make the planning process a lot different than just booking any normal appointments. When somebody's coming to me for a spray tan in my studio or getting their hair and makeup done for family portraits, I'm not a part of all of those little things in the background that are playing into um, them booking their appointment. I don't know what they have going on. I don't know what they're going through. Uh, Whereas when it comes to a wedding, I'm in communication with them for months beforehand. I'm hearing about the changes that are going on in their planning process, whether that's changing times, changing locations, changing headcounts. whether they have friends or family members who are sick and are unable to attend, how the pandemic is affecting them in their daily life. And so we absorb a lot of this little bits of stress, even though it's not our family, it's not our friend, it's not our actual life, so to speak. It still rubs off on us just a little bit. We can feel that friction. We can feel that tension. And it's really hard to not let those little things impact us because in a a lot of ways they really are. They're causing us to have to go through and do more work, uh, juggle things around, change head counts, all of those kinds of things. So 
there's a lot that goes into just being a service industry. Um, and then there's a lot that goes into being part of a wedding vendor. All right. And then, you know, all of those little things put together, plus the fact that we really want to make people look and feel beautiful on such an important day. And now we're juggling with their own mindset of how they feel about themselves. So on top of everything else, now we're our beauty provider. So it's not just the wedding. It's not just the service and, uh, you know, all of the things that come with providing a service. Now we're actually going into um, dealing with people's mental image of themselves and how they see themselves when they look in the mirror. Do they have body dysmorphia? Do they see features on their face um, in a distorted way? Do they think that their nose is too big and their ears stick out or their forehead is too big or their head is too flat? Do they think their hair is too thin, uh, not curly enough, too curly, frizzy? All of these little things that impact, you know, how they feel about our work. And then we try our best not to take how they view our work and, and put it on ourselves personally. You know, we want to make them happy and we're out here as artists creating something that we think is beautiful. We never, we never go into it being like, I'm going to do shit work on this person today. I don't think this looks good and step back from it and be like, what do you think? It may not be our particular style if it's something that somebody asked for. Yes, there's definitely times where I'm like, ugh. I don't, I don't like this. This isn't my style, but I still think I've done the absolute best that I could to give them what they wanted, even though it's outside of my comfort zone or outside of my style. We never step back and be like, this looks like shit, you know, and I'm proud of that because we're artists. We don't, we don't put shit out there with the intention of it being shit. We put it out there with the intention of this is still beautiful. And so when people don't like what we do, we take that personally because we're like, wow, I tried so hard and I did my best and they still didn't like it. And so we have to divest ourselves of our, um, our clients' mentality about their looks and their personal taste in things and remember that it's not about us, that sometimes they just don't like things about themselves. So... There's so much that impacts our mental health on a daily basis. And I haven't even gotten into the stresses that it puts on our relationships with our friends, with our family, how much free time it takes away from us where we're missing out on those special moments on the weekends because the rest of the world they work during the week and they have the weekends off. That is when they do all their fun things. That is when they do their socialization. It's when they have birthday parties and anniversaries and our friends go out and get married. And a lot of times working in the wedding industry, we miss out on those. And so it puts a toll on us mentally and emotionally that way as well. And then you throw in the concept of social media and just how damaging social media has been to the mental health of people in general. Teen suicide rates are way up because of the pressures of social media. 
And being in a wedding vendor, beauty industry, social media plays a huge part on the success and the marketing of our business. So now we have all of these things put together. And a lot of times that can just be too much for us. It can be too much pressure. It can be too many forces pulling us in different directions, too much of just absorbing of these negative energies. And so as a business owner, in this industry, it's incredibly important to remember that you are not a machine. You are a human being. You have thoughts and you have feelings. Okay. It is okay. And it is completely acceptable and normal to get to a point where you're like, fuck this. This is too much. I need to put myself first. Just because we are in a service industry, does not mean that we have to continually put everybody else above us. If we were a machine, yes, we could. That would be our purpose is to serve everybody else, but we're not, we're humans. Okay. And so, you know, you've, I'm sure you've probably heard the, the phrase, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. That is so true. And we have to remember to kind of keep that in the back of our mind. How full is my cup today? Can I even pour any more out to people or do I need to refill my cup? So today I want to talk about different ways that we can refill our cup. And I'm not talking like that fluffy bullshit stuff of take a bubble bath or go get your nails done or all these other things that kind of in the back of our minds as women like, okay, so ignore my responsibilities for a couple of hours do something nice for myself, and then jump back into it and feel the guilt that I did something for myself and ignored my responsibilities. Yes, great. Sure. That'll be wonderful for my mental health. It's not the kind of stuff that I'm talking about here. I'm talking about ways to mentally reset, all right? Ways that you can put strategies in place to balance things better so that you're not sitting there and, you know, trying to decide, well, am I going to do something for myself today or am I going to do my responsibilities? There is a balance and I want to talk about that today Um, and different habits that we can kind of put into place to give ourselves better boundaries so that we don't feel the pressure of so many things pulling us in different directions, um, so many different things rubbing off and absorbing of that negative energy. So I think the very first thing before we dive into this is understanding when we get to a point, where is that line? We don't just wake up one day and be like, fuck it all, and then suddenly go, okay, I'm going to um, do all of these new things. It's it's a slow buildup, and we all kind of have to take a look back and be like, okay, at what point is the line? When do I feel myself running dry? When do I feel like that boiling point is is coming up and I can no longer cope? Where is my burnout line? And so I think it is important that we do some deep work and we think, you know, do kind of hit pause on things for a little bit and 
think about it. Grab some paper and a pen and start getting your thoughts out of your head and onto the paper of things that are causing you stress. And this can be anything, you know, this can be what's going on in your personal life. This can be going on inside your business. Um, You know, it, it could be things in your past, but being able to identify and understand where our stress is coming from helps us to identify where we can put boundaries and what parts of our lives maybe need a new system for handling them. If you are feeling stressed and burnt out from social media, that's a good sign that what you're doing right now isn't working. And maybe you need to outsource that. Or maybe there are people that you need to unfollow. Or there are um, different ways to create your content or you need um, a course or a class or, uh, you know, a a lesson or or support somehow with figuring out a specific piece that's causing you stress. If you're like, well, I feel all this pressure to do reels, but I don't understand them. I'm not young. I don't get the technology. I don't know how to do it. It seems stupid. I'm self-conscious. I don't want to point and dance. I'm not young and pretty or whatever is kind of stressing and you're holding you back about reels. If you're just ignoring that and you're just like, well, I'm just not going to do reels. It's stupid. It's stressful, whatever. Every time a reel pops up, you're going to subconsciously be reminded in the back of your mind that you can't do that. You don't want to do that. And you're going to subconsciously feel a little bit like a failure. You're going to be like, oh, well, that's what all these other people are doing. And they're seeing all this success, but I'm not what's wrong with me. And so you try and rationalize it of, well, that they're just younger, they're just prettier, or they're, um, you know, they get it, or they're not self-conscious. Well, I'm here to tell you that every single person is super self-conscious when they film those reels. There are hundreds of unpublished reels by people who will never see the light of day because they felt the same things that you're feeling. And they decided, okay, this is a strategy that I want to use. I'm going to get more comfortable. And it may have taken a hundred reels for them to publish their first one because they were like, oh my God, look at my face in that. Look at my hair in that. Look at my outfit. Oh my God, look at my body. I don't like that. Or they were confused and frustrated with getting the damn timing done. I can't tell you how many times I've had to refilm reels with the lip syncing because something was just a little off. And I am the like massive perfectionist where I'm like, no, if it's not perfect, I'm not putting it out there. And I realize how much I hold myself back because of that mindset. And so if you can sit back And identify, okay, well, here's what's causing me stress. Even something as simple as reels, okay? 
But if you're like, okay, something is causing me stress, it's social media. Well, what about social media is causing me stress? Okay, well, all these people are using reels, but I don't understand it and I don't want to do it. Okay, we've gone a little bit deeper. Reels is a real simple little thing. It's one microscopic little piece of the overall big picture. But by going through and thinking, okay, well, what is causing me stress right now? And just being able to write it all down, you can look at each thing and be like, okay, well, what about that is causing me stress? Well, this piece of that is what's causing me stress. Okay, well, is there something specific about that piece? Well, yeah, this. And you can, di- you can discover more about yourself and what's actually causing you distress. And then you can be like, okay, I've, I've identified. It's not all of social media, all right? It's just Instagram. And it's not just all of Instagram. It's just reels. And the fact that I feel this frustration around it, you can say, okay, how do I let that stress go? Or how do I change that stress into something positive? You can either let it go and do some, you know, mental exercises to release yourself from the stress of saying, well, I'm not doing reels, but that's the hot new trend and say, okay, well, there are so many other ways to grow on Instagram that have nothing to do with reels. I'm still getting business from my Instagram. I'm still getting bookings. My clients are being well served and are happy with me. I'm getting great reviews. I'm still getting um, photos. I'm still working. I'm still creating. I'm still providing myself for my family. And I'm happy and I'm satisfied with that. You can let that stress about reels go. All right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect things in the long run. Then you've been holding yourself back, feeling stress about something that really doesn't matter. You were successful before Reels came around. Reels is a trend, then the Reels will go away and you will still be successful afterwards. There are people who are going to get a momentum of faster growth based on Reels and they may see more success because they grew a little faster, because they grabbed this new trend and this new strategy, and they decided instead of letting it go, they were going to find a solution and they were going to work on it. Okay, but that doesn't make you less successful. So by understanding those little things of, okay, what's really bothering me? How can I let this go? Or how can I focus on it and say, all right, this is causing me stress and I don't want this stress anymore. How do I fix that? We'll take a course on reels. There are a lot of wonderful free resources out there. There are a lot of people on Instagram who use reels to teach about reels. They will literally stand there in front of their camera and screen record their phone to say, okay, this is literally how you do it. You start the timer here and you move like this. And then here's how you film your next clip. And here's how you edit. Here's how you add speech bubbles. Here's how you add stickers. Here's how you do this. Or you can go in depth and you can take um, a paid course. If reels is what's causing you stress, there are resources out there to overcome it. 
So whether it is something with your relationship, if you and your spouse or your partner are having friction over something, being able to say, okay, well, what's causing me stress? Well, my husband's causing me stress right now. Okay, go deeper. What is it that's causing you stress? Is it an action that he's doing or is it an action that you're doing that he's responding to? If you're working too much and he's getting frustrated and stressed out about that, that's an action that you're doing that's causing friction and stress in the relationship. Okay, how can you either let that go or work on it? If you're working too much, how can you scale back your working? Maybe it's time to outsource some things so that you can gain some more time back to turn around and invest in your relationship with your partner, with your spouse. So there's always the option with everything that stresses us out in our life, we have the option to let it go and to walk away from it to protect ourselves mentally, or we have to, the responsibility to find a solution for it. We can't just let things go. We can't just let things continue to build stress in our lives. We can't continue like that forever because that's slowly draining us. It's like poking a hole in your cup, your energy, everything that you have to pour out to the other people and the other responsibilities in your life is draining away because there's this stress there. There's something draining you and you're ignoring it. So you either need to walk away from it and eliminate it from your life or you need to work on it and find a way to make it work within what's going on in the rest of your life. So first taking um, that time to say, okay, I'm going to write down all of those things, go in a little bit deeper and be like, okay, well, let's keep going deeper. Let's keep going deeper. Let's keep going deeper. What is the real root? Now, do I walk away or do I make a solution? Right. So that's the that's the first thing that we need to do before we can do anything else, because taking a bubble bath is not going to uh, alleviate your stress. Okay, going and getting your nails done and ignoring things for a little while while you have that kind of like relaxation, it feels great. And for that hour that you're in the bubble bath or going and getting your nails done, yeah, you feel great. And it may give you a little bit more energy back, but it doesn't fix anything. So we have to learn how to fix those problems. And so we need to identify them. I want you to ask yourself for each of those things to figure out whether it's something you let it go or something that you work on. Ask yourself in a perfect world, how would that stress be eliminated? We'll just keep going back to the example of reels. Okay. In a perfect world, how would that stress be eliminated? Would reels just not exist anymore? Or would you be amazing? at doing reels. Which one? In your perfect world, which would be the better option? If you said reels just wouldn't exist anymore, well, that's your sign. Let it the fuck go. Do the mental exercises that you need to, to tell yourself reels don't fucking matter and let it go. Boom. Here's your perfect world. They don't exist anymore because they don't exist anymore for you. You've let that stress go. If you're the kind of person who needs to do something physically to release those things, write it down on a piece of paper and burn it up. To be like reels on a scrap of paper, hold it over a damn candle and be like, boom, I release you. It's gone. 
It no longer matters to me. All right. You know, some people have to do different things in different ways. There's, you know, there's all these manifesting things and energy and crystals and some people like burn sage and whatever. You know, some people have to do more physical manifestations of releasing their stress. Other people are able to just kind of like close their eyes for a minute and be like, I release you. I This no longer bothers me anymore. And they can move on. And then there's other people who constantly are like, you know what? I'm going to have to deal with this on a regular basis. I can let it go for a while and then it's going to creep back up again. And I need to let it go again. So whatever works for you, identify that. And that's now your strategy for all those things on the piece of paper. In a perfect world, how would that be eliminated? And if it's, it needs to go away completely, how do you release that? And there's your new strategy for releasing the things that need to be released. And for the things where you're like, well, I would just be amazing at that and I would be able to do it. Okay, well, now you have that path. That path is open to you now. How do we walk down it? Where do we need the support? Do we need a class in that? Do we need an audiobook or a podcast? How do you like to receive your information? How do you like to receive, you know, your, your recipe for doing things? Do you like to read it? Do you like to watch it? Do you like to listen to it? Do you like to give it to somebody else to do? I do not like cleaning my house. Never been a domestic person. As a child, like literally everybody in my family would do anything and everything they could. They could not figure out how to just get me to clean my damn room because I didn't give a shit. Like, I was the worst child, the most stubborn child ever when it came to punishing me. I literally didn't give a shit about anything. You want to ground me? That's cool. I'll be locked in my room. I have a lot of toys in here. Take all my toys away? That's cool. I'll read a book. Now I've pissed you off enough to the point where you're like, I'm going to even take books away from you. That's cool. I'll take a nap. I could literally sit there and stare at a wall and like just daydream in my head for hours and it was fine. And so my family, my parents and my sisters who raised me, they were so frustrated because they couldn't figure out how to motivate me and get me to just clean my damn room. And so as an adult, I just don't like doing it. And I'm like, well, I'm the adult now and I get to make the choice. And I let things go. And I realized it was causing a lot of stress because I'd let things go to the point where I couldn't let them go anymore. I'd, I'd ignore my laundry until the point where, you know, I literally had like no clean clothes. And of course, me being the, the stubborn pain in the ass that I am, I'd just go out and buy some new fucking clothes instead of washing my laundry. I've, I've broken past these things, okay, because I realized that all of this stress around doing these cleanings and these chores, what did I need to come up with a new strategy for? And what did I just need to find somebody else to do for me? Now I had teenage sons and I could put a lot of those chores on them and be like, here, you are now in charge of doing uh, your own laundry. 
they do their own laundry now. My husband does his own laundry. My sons have done their own laundry for years. I'm now literally responsible only for my own laundry. And if I don't have anything to wear, that's my problem. Okay. And so I don't let the stress of having to do their responsibilities drain me anymore. That was one solution. I still have to go in and I still have to do laundry. I can't completely ignore it. And I realize that's not an option for everybody. Some people's children are incapable of doing their own laundry. Okay. If you have a partner who is an adult, they are probably pretty fucking capable of doing their own laundry. Maybe have a conversation with them about that. If that's something that stresses you out, that may be a strategy for you. Or there's laundry services that people can come and do your laundry. So there are ways to outsource different things. When it comes to cleaning the rest of my house, I am fine with the daily responsibilities of picking things up and sweeping the floor and vacuuming and all those little things to keep the house clean and livable, you know, but when it comes to scrubbing the microwave out and the counter or the the cooktop and deep cleaning my bathroom and the soaking tub and all these other things, I hire a cleaning company to come to my house. And right now, I just do it once a month because it's my way of taking a big chunk of that responsibility and that, a big chunk of that stress off my plate where it doesn't feel so unmanageable. I've taken a big chunk of it. They come once a month and they deep clean everything for me. And they do a lot of the, the monthly chores that I don't like, like scrubbing out the microwave and, and those kinds of things. Okay. They re-wax the hardwood floors, you know, they clean the baseboards, you know, all these little things where it's like, okay, I don't necessarily have all the time in the world to go around and do all these things. So once a month they do it and they take enough of that stress off my plate. Now in a perfect world, they would come once a week or twice a week and do more of the cleaning for me. But I'm not at a point in my life where I can really justify and, um, and and pay for that, okay? So I decided that I needed to outsource some of it and the rest I could do myself. So that is a strategy for mitigating some things and some responsibilities that may be, you know, Uh, causing you this kind of stress. You don't have to just completely give it away and say somebody else needs to take care of that for me. You can do it by portions. If it is, you know, social media that is stressing you out and you're fine with the photos and you don't mind doing the reels and things like that, but it's really, it's captions. So say it's, that's just the one part. You can hire a social media manager to say, look, I need somebody to sit here and create about a hundred different caption options for me that I can take and that I can reuse or templates. You might not even have to hire a social media manager to create all of them for you. You can purchase templates of, okay, well, here are caption templates that I can take and I can reuse. So I'm not starting from scratch. And you can sit there and you can write those for yourself and you can batch all of those out for, say, like the next 30 days. That's now taken a big chunk of that stress and you can manage the rest of it on your own. 
or it could just be to the point where you're like, no, I just don't want to do this at all anymore. Somebody else needs to take care of it. So understanding your stress, understanding whether you need to work on it or let it go. And then when it comes to working on it, well, what is the best path for me? And sometimes in a perfect world, it would be somebody completely taking care of it. Like in my perfect world, somebody would just completely take care of all of my cleaning of my house. That just causes me so much stress. Okay, I just don't like doing it. Well, right now I can't, so I'm taking baby steps. Right now, it's once a month. And my children take care of their certain parts of their chores. The dishes, cleaning the cat litter box, uh, feeding the cat, taking out the trash. Those are four things where I'm like, okay, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to do their laundry my husband doesn't have to do, or I don't have to do my husband's laundry. Okay, so there's two more things that I've offset. I'm still responsible for pretty much everything else, but it's so much more manageable right now. Sometimes it's not necessarily having somebody else do that for you. Sometimes our mental stress just comes from a lack of boundaries. So that's the next thing I want to kind of talk about. I know I've gone on for a a while already here, but boundaries are things that we can instantly put into place to protect ourselves. It's our little bubble of saying, you know what? That is a stress that I don't want to deal with. So I'm not going to let it get to the point of poking a hole in my cup. I'm going to stop that before it gets to that point. And it's really hard to identify boundaries sometimes, and it's even harder to enforce them. It is 100% a muscle. A muscle atrophies with disuse. If you do not build up a muscle, it will never be strong. And if you do not continue to work that muscle, it will weaken, and it is no longer serving the same purpose anymore. So we can decide on boundaries to protect ourselves, but just saying I have this boundary is not enough. We have to actually enforce it and we need to practice enforcing it until we get better at enforcing it. And then we need to continue to enforce it so that it actually continues to work and to protect us. Once we've done all of this, Okay, once we've identified all of these things, it's time to kind of do a little mental reset. I want you to step back and pause the actions that cause you stress temporarily. We've now identified them and determined what we're going to let go, what we're going to find solutions for, and what we need a boundary to protect us from. Let's take a moment. Let's pause. Let's stress so we can start to put these things into place. So if there's certain social media accounts that cause you stress, every time you see this person's work, you feel jealous. God, I wish I was as good at hair. I was as good at makeup as them. Wow, they're always so booked. It's motivating, but it's also draining. You're like, wow, I wish I could be them. If it causes you dissatisfaction with your own skills and your own success, and it causes you jealousy, unfollow them. You don't need that. 
Motivation does not need to come in the form of jealousy. Motivation should come in the form of positive reinforcement for the things that you are already doing that are working for you. Motivation should come from somebody in your corner saying, yes, that is awesome. You are doing great. Keep up the great work. Not somebody saying, look how much more successful or better at this thing than you I am. Don't you want to be as good as me? It's okay to follow these people who seem to act like, you know, they have all their shit together. Just remember behind that that social media profile, behind that camera, behind that photo or that video that you see on your phone, there is a live human being who has just as much shit going on in their life as you do. They just don't show it to you. That girl out there who may have it all, she's amazing, she's always busy, she's always booked, she might come home and cry with exhaustion because she's been up since 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. because she had another event or, you know, a friend who wanted to do something or a partner who wanted to go somewhere and do something that she had to say no to because she's so busy. She might be physically exhausted. She doesn't have the opportunity to go out with friends as much. You don't know what that success is costing her in her personal life. It may look all fine and dandy to you, but you don't know how much that stresses her out. You don't know how much that pains her to say no. You don't know what friendships it has caused and relationships it has, it has caused. Okay, you don't know these things. But I bet you there are times when she wishes she wasn't as busy. Or, you know, she had more friends or... She was married like you are, but she's not. Or she wishes she had kids that she needs to do all of this laundry for and clean up after. You never know what about your life somebody else would give anything to have. There may be people who are struggling with infertility. Or that amazing partner that they say they have might not actually be so amazing in the background. They may be causing them stress. Or this may be their second or third marriage. Or, you know, like all of these little things that we think, you know, are causing us stress might be the things that somebody else wishes they had in their life that they don't. Or they don't have in a way that we have. So... Just keep those kinds of things in mind. When you're feeling jealous of people, it's still a real human being, okay? Not everybody has it all figured out. Nobody has it all figured out. Nobody else has the perfect life where everything is coming up roses, okay? Everybody has their own personal shit. We just don't all put it on the internet. So if you need to just step step away from social media altogether, go ahead and step away from social media altogether. Get a system, something like Plan or Planoly or Later, 
put it all in there and schedule it to automatically post for 30 days. So that way you are still putting stuff on there. And if that means one post a week for four weeks, that is four photos that you need to write or to create. Four um, captions that you need to create. And for 30 whole days, you're only posting once a week but you're still staying active. You're just having a computer system post that for you. Take a step away. That might be enough to kind of give you time to de-stress and to focus on all these other things in your life that are either causing you stress that you're finding solutions for or the positive things going on in your life that you felt like you didn't have the time to really appreciate. It doesn't have to be super crazy. It doesn't have to be super involved. You can pause and take a mental break whenever you need it. And it's not going to make your business come crashing down around you. I promise you. Unless you completely delete your social media accounts, people can still find you online. All of the work and all of the other things that you have done beforehand all of those photos and videos and reels or whatever, every styled shoot that you've been a part of, every wedding that you've been a part of where you've been tagged in something, all of the people who are already following you and know who you are aren't going to suddenly forget you because you took a step back to focus on other things. If you need to break away from a relationship, if you need to either take a moment to evaluate whether this is a relationship that you can cut ties with or a relationship that requires more work. Same thing that we talked about earlier. Do you let it go or do you work on it? And then you identify, well, what do I need to actually work on inside of this relationship? Does it require more time? Does it require better boundaries? Does it require better communication? Those are the kinds of things that you need to identify before you can just say, well, I'm going to work on this. Working on this is a catch-all phrase. You need to understand, well, what is broken before you fix it? If you have a toilet that's not working, there's a lot of different pieces to it that could need to be fixed. Sometimes it's a combination of things, but sometimes it's just one small bit and you can replace that and everything's working again. So identifying what actually needs working on will help you be able to focus your energy more effectively rather than just saying, well, I need to work on my marriage. I need to work on my relationship. Let's just spend more time together. Let's just go out on date nights. Let's just, you know, turn off the TV and spend more time together. Yes, those might be actions that help to resolve a situation, but if you don't know, well, what is actually needed in this relationship, then you're not actually going to make it any better and it's not going to stop relieving your stress. It's going to continue to stress out and you're going to feel like you're putting in all of this work and you're doing all of this stuff and it's not working. So you you need to really identify what's broken. And sometimes you can do that by having conversations. Sometimes you can do that between you and the person, but if you need to have an outside force, it is 100% okay to say, I think we need help. I think we need to go sit down with a counselor. Does that mean that, you know, your, your, your relationship is suddenly failing? No, it needs work. 
Do you look at your toilet and be like, oh my God, the toilet is so broken. We just need to throw it out. I'm such a failure. My toilet is broken. Or you just call a fucking plumber. No, you just call the plumber. So if you need help in your relationship, I highly encourage you to um, seek therapy and seek counseling to sometimes you just need a third you know, person to sit there in the room and to listen and be like, okay, y'all ain't communicating properly because you're saying this and you think you hear this. And that's, there's a disconnect there. And somebody else can help you figure out where that disconnect is and help you figure out, okay, well, this is, this is what's broken. It's just this here. This is what you need to work on and help you identify that. You don't have to go, you know, and be in counseling and therapy for a long time. But sometimes just having that person be like, hey, here's your problem. There you go. Then you can do the work. Because either way, you still have to do the work in the relationship to make the the situation better. So um, get help where you need. It's the same thing like hiring a cleaning person to come in. Outsourcing your captions or outsourcing your social media. Sometimes you need to outsource the problem finding aspect inside of your relationships as well. So don't be afraid to outsource. Outsourcing is probably one of the things that I recommend most to people um, for pretty much any situation. You can always outsource something, but somehow for some reason in our minds, I don't know whether it's as small business owners, as women, uh, just a problem that we have here in the United States in general. We think we have to be fucking superwoman. We think we have to do it all. And if we ask for help at all, that there's somehow something wrong with us, that there's something broken, that we're not as worthy or we're not as good because we can't do it all ourselves. Every single person that you look up to has help somewhere. Maybe it's a partner, a spouse who splits all the chores equally, or they have a nanny, or they take their kid and they drop them off at a daycare or a preschool for a couple hours every day, or they have a friend or a family member who can babysit for them. Like there's so many little ways of outsourcing responsibilities and stress in your life. That's not even like, oh, I'm going to hire a nanny and a cook and blah, blah, blah. And somehow we're thinking we're like, oh, we're too good for this. Who do we think we are all high and mighty hiring all of these people? That's a really negative mindset to have that holds us back. You don't have to do it all. Celebrities are able to accomplish so much and be so successful because they understand the necessity of outsourcing certain parts of our lives. They may have an assistant that helps them run things. Do you think a bridal team who has, you know, 20, 30 people, all of these artists working all of these jobs, do you think one person runs that themselves? No, that's not possible. They probably have an accountant that helps them do their accounting things and payroll and taxes. They probably have somebody who helps with managing social media and communications. They have somebody who does, you know, the scheduling and the appointments and things like that. Like, it may not be the entire job, but they they have to outsource. They cannot juggle those, those many balls in the air at once. 
You can. A CEO is not a CEO because they run the entire company by themselves. They don't make millions of dollars by doing all of the work. They have other people. They have mastered the art of delegation, of identifying who is the right person to take on this task. That is what successful CEOs do. They identify who can do the best at this particular task and then trust that they have made the right choice in in delegating. If you go back and you listen, I think it was episode four, uh, where I interviewed Kara. She has a team of, I think it's like 30 artists and they cover several states. She doesn't do all that by herself. She talks about how she has to know who on her team can handle what responsibilities in order for everything to work together as a well-oiled machine. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly go back and, and recommend um, listening to that because it's it's one of those things that you really have to understand is that you can't do everything yourself, especially running a business and just being a human being. There are people who go to a nine to five who literally sit in front of a computer, they do their one job and they go home and they still have trouble, you know, juggling all of these things. We are running a business and managing so many different tasks. We have an entire workforce worth of Uh, responsibilities and workload in our lap. In addition to all the other shit we have going on in our lives, it is okay to get help. It is okay to delegate and to outsource so that you can manage only the balls that you really enjoy. Not everybody is good at social media just because they run their own business. It's a necessity. Outsource it if you can. If you're not good at it, if you don't love it, don't do it. Hire somebody else to do it. You will save yourself so much money in the long run by hiring somebody else that's really good at that than trying to waste the time and hold yourself back and be as you know be less successful than you can if you had somebody else who is really good at it. If I was in charge of cleaning my house myself the entire time, my house would never be nearly as clean as it is when I just have somebody come in once a month to take you know, a bunch off my plate for me. I have more hours in my day to do the things that I am really good at that make me money. Does cleaning my house make me money? No. But the five hours once a month that they spend cleaning my house for me is five hours that I can sit here and I can record a podcast. I can follow up with all of my brides and my emails that have come in over the weekend. I can write out schedules and uh, get in touch with subcontractors. I can send out emails to all of the photographers and the wedding planners for my, my weddings coming up in the next month saying, hey, just want to touch base. I can write a couple of social media captions that book me more brides or in my coaching business, earn me more students. I can put my effort into the things that I do really well, that I'm very successful at, that I actually really enjoy. I love recording these podcasts. I love sharing my passion with people. That doesn't drain me. That fills me back up. I focus on the tasks inside my business that build me back up, that fill up my cup rather than empty my cup because the things that empty my cup, I give to other people. 
I understand that trade-off. I am way more successful and I make way more money by focusing on the things that I'm really good at. If I told myself, well, I'm not very good at hair, but I'm going to do it instead of hiring somebody else to come in and do the hair, would I be as successful? No. I would not be very good at hair and I'd be putting not very good work out. And people wouldn't continue to book me. But if I had a team and I said, well, I'm going to do the makeup because that's what I'm really good at. And then my partner is going to do the hair because that's what they're really good at. I'm now putting out a better product. I am now able to offer people a higher quality experience and service altogether because I'm not trying to do it all myself. I'm not trying to do the stuff that I'm not good at. I'm hiring somebody else to do what is their area of genius while I focus on mine. Now, the last thing that I want to kind of talk about is um, developing new habits, okay? A lot of these things we don't just implement overnight. We may have, you know, we're at the point where it's like, okay, we've identified these areas of stress. We've identified a solution. We've taken a mental reset. We've paused. We've decided what we're going to implement. How the hell do we actually even do that? It's not as simple as just hiring people. That is a small fraction of it. We're clearing off some things. That's like a, a decluttering of your life. And sometimes it, you know, just spring cleaning your workspace can really help you, all right? So if it's like little managing tasks, but where you're working is 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 cluttered and you can't find things, yes, this the responsibilities, we're going to declutter those as well. But now when it's time to actually start doing those things, we may need to have some new habits in place to help us do those things that we have left. We've cleared off the things from our plate that is not serving us. Now we need to work on what's left. So there's this um, this saying, you know, it takes 21 days to form a new habit. And that was actually coined by Dr. Maxwell Maltz in the 1950s. He published a paper in the 1960s and it started out with um, him observing patients and it was people who had like limbs cut off and it took 21 days or so for their brain to adjust to the fact that that limb was not there anymore and to develop a new habit. So he kind of did this research and he came up with this thing that, you know, after 21 days, we can retrain our brain into a new way of thinking. Okay. And so it became this like mantra of people is 21 days to form a new habit. Well, there's actually been more recent studies that show it actually takes on average 66 days. So if you were sitting there going into thinking that it's going to take me 21 days and the next 21 days, I'm going to get better at posting on my social media. I'm going to, uh, for the next 21 days, spend 10 minutes doing this action, 10 minutes doing that action, make one post and one caption. And at the end of 21 days, you failed 15 out of those 21 days. And you're like, what the fuck? I thought it only takes 21 days to develop a new habit. And so you decide, okay, well, maybe, you know, I just need to start over again. Let me try again. 
and another 21 days go by. And maybe you got better and maybe you failed only eight times. But you're still going to be like, what the fuck? This is not consistent. I'm not perfect. Well, you're nowhere even near that 66 days yet. But so many of us will try those first 21 days and fail and give up. The ones of us that are left behind will say, okay, well, I'm going to try again for another 21 days. And then if we don't, you know, succeed in those next 21 days, another huge chunk of that people will give up. And they haven't even hit that average yet. So after 66 days, on average, yeah, a lot of people who have stuck it out will have put into place that new habit. But there will be people who still have not put that habit into place. So the whole point of this is I'm telling you, don't be discouraged, okay? That is why so many people fail on their New Year's resolutions because they figure they'll, they'll, they'll start on January 1st. They've identified the areas. They've put together a plan where they need, um, you know, they need to work on something. They, you know, they're like fresh start, mental reset. They've done all of these things. And then after that first month, they're like, well, I failed half of those days. So I guess I'm just not good enough. And they give up. And it's, you know, you have to give yourself enough time. It can take anywhere from two to eight months for you to retrain your body and your brain into new behaviors. So if you're not sticking out that workout plan and giving yourself the grace to fail and to still get back up and keep trying until at least August, You're doing yourself a disservice. So start small. You don't have to fix every problem all at once. You can take small chunks. We've talked about different ways that we can take chunks out. I did not decide that I am just going to suddenly get better at cleaning and work on cleaning every single day to get to the point where I am, where my house is actually clean and manageable now. I had to take a big chunk off of my plate first. And yeah, that helped. But I didn't wake up the next morning after having somebody clean my house. And suddenly now I'm good at cleaning. No, it's taking me a couple of years. I've had a cleaning lady for like three years now. And it's taken me that long to retrain myself to be like, okay, every night before I go to bed, I make sure that the dishes have been done and that the trash has been taken out. And then I sweep up the kitchen and I pick up the things that are on the coffee table or laying around the living room. And once a week, I make sure that I go through the rest of the house and I pick up all of these other things that are all over the place. I don't try to be perfect. I understand that I'm a human being and it's something I don't like to do and that I'm going to mess up sometimes. And so I don't put that level of pressure on myself. So I released a lot of that stress by understanding that, yes, it is a combination of the small daily actions that I do. And I've trained myself when 
I can do those small actions rather than letting things build up, rather than getting to the point where I don't have any clean clothes or I don't have any clean dishes or, you know, there's a layer of dust over everything or there's crumbs all over the floor and now I'm pissed off because the house has gotten to this point where I'm embarrassed. I used to let it get to that point. And then I would feel really harsh on myself. And yes, I'd go through like a mad woman and I'd clean up the house and I'd justify it in my mind of, well, I'm too busy. I'm doing all these other things. I don't have the time for this. It's not really my fault as a way to absolve myself of that stress. And instead, it's taken me a long time to train myself to say, you know what, some days I'm going to have bad days where I'm just overwhelmed with other things, or I'm stressed, or I'm tired, or I am actually too busy. And I don't make sure that these things are picked up. And if the crumbs sit on the floor in the kitchen for an extra day until I get to them, is that the end of the world? No. I will do it when I can. I don't let it build up for so long because I don't put that pressure and that stress on myself of every time I walk past the crumbs being like, ugh, but I'm too busy. I can't do this right now. Or I hate this. and I'm just going to keep continuing to put it off, even though it would take me 30 seconds to sweep them up. We have all of those little things. And yes, it may seem silly that I'm using cleaning my house as an example, but there you can correlate that to things in your business. There's an email in your inbox where you're like, I'll just, I'll get to that later. I don't need to do that right now. And then you keep putting it off and you keep putting it off because you feel so much anxiety and so much stress about it because you've trained your brain to feel stress and anxiety about it. We put those things off. It's it's a natural protection in our brains that we deal with things that are stressful that way and we keep putting them off. So once you retrain your brain of, okay, well, that's not actually that big of a deal and then you can do them. And you don't stress about them and you can put them off until you have the right energy to deal with them. That's a more successful way of dealing with those things of, you know, understanding one, what's a priority, what has to be done right now, but also being like, okay, well, this is not a priority. What energy do I need for this? What can I do? It's not the end of the world if I don't get this done. So you feel less stress about it. So you can tackle it with less stress and get it done much easier because it's not stressing you out. There are things that you can do to prepare yourself, when, especially when it comes to your business. Create different systems. If responding to emails stresses you out, well, maybe it's as simple as having something like HoneyBook and a workflow where some of those things are automated. So that's that's like outsourcing. Those automations take some of those things off your plate. But for some of the things that you need to physically go in and do, checking availability and responding, you can have different templates. Are you available? There's really only two questions or two answers to that, yes or no. Have a template for yes, we're available, here's the next steps, or no, I'm not available. There's no reason to stress about yes or no. You already have a template written 
and you just copy and paste, or if you use something like HoneyBook, you select that template and click send. So by taking a system or a template and putting it in place, you're making that task much easier for you to deal with because you're prepared. It's like trying to make a cake. Yeah, you can probably get through it because you know what ingredients are in there, but if you try and make a cake from scratch every single time without a recipe, the first several times it's really, really hard. And once you're successful, it becomes second nature. But you still have to figure out that recipe. That The recipe doesn't actually change just because you made it up. It's still a recipe. You're still repeating the same successful actions over and over again to get consistent results. Those things we can implement with our life, with our business, systems. Even if we're making it up on our own and we're not looking up something, we're not taking a class on how to do it or reading a book or listening to a podcast or however you like to get your information, all right? We're, we might be winging it and telling ourselves that we're winging it, but we're trying things, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, modifying until we find a, a successful result that we want to duplicate. That's a recipe. We've created a recipe for ourselves. We've created a pattern of success and we're repeating those patterns, identifying what in your business is a good pattern and what is a negative pattern. What has variable results? Can you create a better pattern? Can you create a better system? Then you can reuse them over and over and over again with minimal effort. And then the last tip to, um, you know, developing new habits is sometimes you just need to change your environment. I used to try working from the couch because it was comfy. It was by the fireplace. I could sit there and I could relax. It was right by the kitchen. I can get myself something to eat or whatever. But it was also right outside my husband's office and he works from home and he has to have conversations. He has to talk to lawyers and have, you know, um, you know, these, these interviews they're called, even though they're just, you know, they're conference calls uh, all the time. And they were really distracting. It was really, really frustrating. And I couldn't get as much work done. When I started working in my office in the basement where it is silent, this is where I film this podcast, I, I can't hear what's kind of going on in the rest of the house. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. My environment is already primed for me to be able to concentrate. So I'm not so distracted and I'm much more efficient. So instead of spending five hours on the couch trying to get things done, and I'm really only working for about two and a half to three of those hours, I can just go downstairs in my office and work for two and a half to three hours straight, get all that work done. And then I have the rest of my day. I'm working smarter, not harder. So sometimes just changing your environment can be a huge difference. When my desk and my office get all messed up and cluttered, I know that I need to clear these things out to get myself much more efficient so I can focus on the right tasks and use my systems to get me the success and the results that I'm expecting without outside influence, without outside distractions. 
So if you're somebody who really struggles with getting administrative tasks done, there are a couple of different strategies. Um, you can move to a different room in your house. You can have a dedicated office. Try clearing out the office. Just try moving things around. I added a second monitor to my computer and it's made a world of difference. I can multitask a lot better by having those dual monitors. I can have things kind of side by side. Um, it's made my graphics and all of like my content creation and stuff like that so much easier. I can I have a template board that I have built out where I have all of these templates pre-written. I can pull up a template and have it literally right next to me while I'm creating a graphic to go with it. And I can see, okay, well, what things am I talking about in this caption? What elements do I need to incorporate into this graphic? So something as simple as that has doubled my efficiency and I'm able to create graphics and do all these things so much faster and easier. So I'm spending less time doing the work and more time going to Chick-fil-A for lunch with my friends if I want to. Um, you know, going to the grocery store with a list versus without a list, which one's more efficient? So um, I'm combining, you know, these plans with an environment that's more conducive. And now I'm suddenly much more effective, much more efficient. I can get what I need done quickly and then I can go on to the fun shit. It's not that these successful people have less work to do. They're just more efficient in doing the work. Uh, if you need to go to somewhere like Starbucks or in different cities and places you can find like co-op office space where you can rent office space for a few hours. Some of them, they even let you bring your small children. Okay, these are things. There are a lot different um, ways of managing workloads, especially since the pandemic. People have gotten way more creative with getting work done still with managing the rest of their lives. So researching into some of those options where you live might be something that helps you. Uh, there's a whole episode that I'm going to be doing in a few weeks about quarterly retreats. So once every three months, going and booking an Airbnb and spending a three-day weekend, getting an entire month's worth of administrative work and content creation done, so that is done is out of the way for the next couple of months. And then when I come home, I can focus and then I can work on all these other little things because this huge chunk of responsibility has been taken off my plate. I didn't outsource it to somebody else. I just paid for three nights at an Airbnb, um, you know, it, which is probably way cheaper. I pay like $250 once a month to have somebody clean my house. I can take $250 and I can go book an Airbnb and I can give myself three days worth of time back if I wanted to go and, and work on cleaning my own house. So there's different creative opportunities and ways that you can um, trade money for time because every exchange of time is equivalent to money when you run your own business, how are you using your time? Is that a, a way that takes money from you or is that a way that brings money to you? And so it, when you start to shift your perspective in that way, you can manage your time much more effectively. And when you're managing your time more effectively, you don't feel like you have all these balls in the air. 
You're not constantly juggling all of these things and trying to be superwoman. And you're going to really protect your mental space so much better because you're understanding what balls you need to keep juggling. You only have a few of those balls at a time. So you're less stressed and you have more time to focus on solutions for other areas of your business or other areas of your life or other relationships and things that need more attention. So that is this week's episode. I know I talked a lot, but I really, really hope that this is helpful for you. Um, Again, I can't stress enough if you are somebody who needs counseling, whether even it doesn't even just have to be like a relationship. If you just need somebody to talk to, you don't have to be superwoman. You don't have to do everything yourself. You can just go and you can talk with somebody to help you identify. So if you don't feel confident in that writing things down on a piece of paper kind of thing, go do that exercise with a mental health professional say, hey, I have all this areas of stress. Can you help me identify what's actually causing me stress so that I can come up with these strategies? You don't have to do that part on your own alone either, okay? You can do that with help from somebody. If you are feeling burnt out, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling overwhelmed, and especially if you're feeling, you know, to the point of of suicide or deep depression, I really urge you to find help. Professional help. Find somebody that you can sit down and that you can talk to that is trained to ask the right questions and listen to help you find solutions. Having a dish session with a girlfriend is good. It's great to get things off of your chest. But a mental health professional can help you identify areas that you are unaware of and that, unless your friend is a trained professional as well, is unable to identify, okay? It is okay. There is nothing wrong with you if you need that. It does not mean that you need to continue doing it. It doesn't mean that you need medication or any of those things that may be holding you back where you're like, I'm not going to go see somebody. I'm not going to be that kind of person. I'm not going to depend on on um, antidepressants for the rest of my life or whatever. There's a lot of stigmatisms that people have behind going and seeking help. It can be a few sessions where you just work through things with somebody who's trained to help you. It's just like getting business help. It's just like getting business advice, okay? You're listening to a podcast on how to run your business better. Do you hold that against yourself that you're not somehow perfect and able to do this all magically on your own? No, you, you, you're seeking help for this particular area. It is okay to seek help for your mental health as well. So um, in the notes, I'm also going to um, put the phone number for the National Suicide Helpline. So if you or somebody else who needs it, that's a resource that's there for you as well. Um, so thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you have found this helpful. I hope you have found some strategies and some new ways of looking at things. Um, and uh, I'd love your feedback. As always, find me on Instagram at Beauty Biz Collective um, and let me know. Let me know if this has been helpful to you. If you want more information on these quarterly retreats, I do have an episode coming out about that 
um, in three weeks. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Please, please, please take care of your mental health. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.